Welcome back, pop culture fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. We are now, sadly, on the back end of spooky season. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, is Drew Douglas. October 24th, 2023 is the day that we're recording this. And yeah, we're we're in the last week, full week, of the greatest month. I have, is this the greatest month? Yeah. I think, I don't know, this in December. Well, we'll say it's one of the best, but... It's a bummer. We're in the final stretch, man. We're, we're actually one week away from Halloween, mm-hmm. which is exciting and sad at the same time. It's always a bittersweet feeling because we inch closer to the night he came home. My, uh, speaking of the the night he came home, um, you know, rewatching the Halloween films, I got my wife to watch Season of the Witch this past weekend. She had never seen it. Oh, wow. Uh, she was not a fan. She did not like it. Oh. And she was like, I, I can understand why, you know, I explained that, you know, people going into that expected Michael Myers and, and the idea Carpenter had was an anthology series, you know, from here on out. And obviously that was a different time where you didn't get on the internet and realize, oh, Michael's not in this. Like it was a word of mouth thing or uh-huh. I don't know, newspapers, reviews, yeah. I guess, if you're reading that. But most of those people, I, I think, are going to the movies blind. And she was like, sure. I understand why someone going in for Michael would be mad. But I don't think she just liked it in general. She just thought, I mean, Tom mm. Atkins in that is the biggest horn dog. Like every woman he meets, <laughs> he he gropes, he touches, he slaps their butts. He has sex with that girl that he meets oh, within yeah. literally probably the first day. They're they're already banging. Um, so we, we thought that was comical, and, and also uh, his character was just kind of a deadbeat drunk dad. <laughs> that, <laughs> and I like this movie a lot, um, but she uh, she was not a fan of it. And then um, she was like, "Let's watch a Halloween that I haven't seen yet." And there's there's only really the zombie ones in Halloween Resurrection. Okay. So we did Halloween Resurrection uh, right after, like we did another double feature, and that is Wolf. that's a bad one. That's that's heinous. It's my least favorite one. I still had fun watching it with her because we were just laughing about how dumb it was. And then I do kind of admire the tech atmosphere of it where it's clearly um, showcasing technology that would have been revolutionary at the time, I (laughs) guess. And it's all like super dated and corny now, but I kind of respected the way you would kind of move in and out of like a movie and then we're cutting to these camera shots uh, or POV oh. shots of whatever they're recording, you know, the Blair Witch style stuff. But like Busta Rhymes is so bad in it. Michael's <laughs> not cool in it. I One thing I realized too watching this for, for probably like the sixth or seventh time is it's basically a bottle episode of Halloween. It's condensed almost entirely inside the Myers house. And it just doesn't, it loses, I think, um, what I love about those Halloween movies, which is like the Haddonfield, like yeah. him going around Haddonfield and and the community and stuff like that. So it's definitely the worst one. I think there's a few decent things in there, but man, uh, it was funny because she 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 liked that better than Season of the Witch. Interesting. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's scary that she liked it more than Season of the Witch. She needed Michael, and I do think. When you're ranking Halloween, I have Season of the Witch at number four, but I'm like, should it be that high? I know it's part of this franchise, but without Michael, maybe it should be a little bit lower on my list. Oh, no, not at all. If anything... You think that it's okay, even though it's like the anthology thing? Absolutely. It's it's totally deserving of that. I, I think that I will defend that movie so much because that's... Uh, it's funny because like my dad feels the same way about just like not liking it. He's like, don't do it. Don't. And for so long, I didn't watch it because he was like, Oh, it's so bad. And then when I finally watch him, like what's bad about it. Now there are some corny things like what you've mentioned that make it a little 
wacky, but it also kind of makes it fun. Yeah, plot-wise, it is pretty wacky, but I like yeah. it. I mean, I like the idea that this madman is just killing children, <laughs> which you never see. But it's terrifying. And then I liked like this the Santa Mir setting, like this uh, California setting, which we didn't get. We had the Midwest feel. Now, um. I'm the shift in that. I think, and I like the anthology but, idea. But don't I think you that's think that's cool? I wish that's more terrifying the way that it's set up with um, the just them like going after the kids. That is that's just so so scary. And there's like this deep dread that I feel like Mike Flanagan and some like modern filmmakers have really pulled from, and they put that in their their films or TV shows. And I think there's there's a lot that what we see and have today as horror has pulled from that. And whether it's like also looking back and having the background of working in TV and production, you know this as well, where that jingle is so corny, but it's like that freaking is still happening today where you've got either commercials that way or businesses. Like the Burger King commercial right now, which is, you know, I sing that in my day-to-day life because we were bombarded with the Burger King jingle nonstop. Yeah. And they alter the lyrics with every new spot, so it continues like it doesn't (laughs) stop. She was annoyed by, I think, because that movie, it doesn't do it for like every day it's Mm -hmm. counting down, but the Shamrock song like plays, I would say maybe a dozen times in the movie. And by the... She was like, okay, we like enough of the jingle. And I'm like, well, it is leading something. Like it is heading towards something. Like there's a reason why you're hearing it so much. And it, it does have a payoff in that. That is what's going to spark this madness, essentially, I guess. But uh, yeah, it was she was not impressed. And it kind of hurt because leading yeah. into it, I was like, this is truly one of my favorite ones at this point. I love it. And it has like an all-time John Carpenter score. Oh, yeah. And I love that he's involved in this movie, even though he didn't write it or direct it. But he's like, it feels um, it feels like uh, like uh, something he would, like he's a part of. And then it's got like, I'm pretty sure Dean Cundy did the cinematography. Like it uh-huh. looks great. So that's still one of my favorites. I love that one. And I like that people have, come around to it yeah i just it it was too out there for her and she did not she was in the mood for michael myers and it didn't you know scratch that itch and um i guess halloween resurrection (laughs) was able to do that a little bit more man i remember seeing halloween resurrection in theaters did you see that in theaters no, I Ooh. I watched it at home, yeah, and I'm glad I did. But when that movie came out, that's a, an example of whenever I watched it, I'm like, oh, that was good. And then I went back Ooh. and like, ooh, that was not good at all. I remember in the theater being like, this is not good. See, I thought it was like what you were saying about the technology introducing that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. But then going back, I'm like, this is, oh, no, this just feels wrong. It feels dated already like shortly after watching it and then now it's like ooh, huge risk in doing films like that is you technology moves so quickly that within a couple years you've already dated yourself yeah and then i also don't think beyond the bottle episode feel that i don't like it doesn't have any like the characters are not good there's not like a good lead the lead girl Mm -hmm. sucks and she's like fine she's just not memorable I can't remember her name. We just watched this movie a couple days ago. But yeah, the characters aren't great. It's, it's, I think it's still the worst Halloween. Yeah, I would, I, I agree with that. Just like a notch below Zombies remake, which a good portion of that movie, I think, is just super heinous. Like the, the Michael origins is just, the whole beginning of that movie is awful. I find it funny where uh, Carpenter was asked in an interview, and this was several years ago, but it popped up recently for me. It's like someone asked him, what do you think about Rob Zombie's take? And he's like, next question. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's just, it's, it is a zombie vision, which I, I mm-hmm. respect in that regard. It's like his movie. Sure. And it feels like it. It's just not Halloween to me. Yeah. And I also don't care about Michael's origin. Like, I don't. Yeah. 
I don't need to know why he did this. And Zombie can't write. I know we on the Halloween episode that we did, I'm sure I ranted about it, but he <laughs> writes every character the same. They're always yeah. the same, like white trash. Foul mouth. Uh, and it's it's just, yeah, they're all they all sound the same. They all look the same. They're all awful people, it feels like. Not a good movie. I was gonna say, you know, we're gonna do Love's Hates on some things we've watched recently. We're gonna do Rotten Tomatoes predictions, or just one uh for Marvel's the Marvels, Marvels, Marvel Studios, the Marvels. Um, and I was gonna do that first, but maybe because we're talking about Johnny C, let's jump into Love's Hates. And tell me, have you at all, have you at all, have you watched <laughs> any episodes yet of John Carpenter's Suburban Screams for Peacock? Oh, boy. I have not because after, oh after, boy. after you had messaged about it, I got <laughs> so nervous. And I was going to watch it that Friday, Friday the 13th. And I'm like, I'll save it. I'm, I'm going to do one episode of that, one episode of Usher. And then I started Usher and then, but as the day went on and you were messaging more about the Suburban Screams episode. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do it. I don't, I'm scared now. And it's scaring me more than the thought of the synopsis of each episode. I hate to, cause all the episodes are out. And normally I would say if someone's critiquing something that they haven't seen in its entirety, then I don't really want to hear it. I've only done, I think, three or four episodes. But that's enough for me to say hates. It's it's truly... Oh, my goodness. It's... Uh, if this didn't have John's... And I I've seen, I saw this on a headline, and I thought this per, you know before reading it, but I'm like, this, is, this was what sums it up. If John Carpenter's name was not on it, you mm-hmm. wouldn't think twice about this thing. Hmm. And it's uh, the biggest thing I can say is it's built. It's like the unsolved mystery thing where it is interviews with real people. And then you're given the recreations of whatever happens. And the acting is so bad that I was literally, there's a woman in episode two that everything she said, I was like laughing out loud. Because she is so, like, everyone in it is bad, but she in particular was just, and I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if it's trying to have that throwback feel of, like, 80s recreations or what, but it is not good. And they're too long. They're, like, 45 minutes each. I don't know if I'm going to finish this. And that is a huge bummer because you know... I mean, anyone listening to us knows that we love John Carpenter, yeah. but this is not good. That's the bummer, the big bummer for me, too, is as you mentioned, it's his name, but I'm like, is it like how much of it does? Does it feel like a JC production or direct like him directing or writing or score or like how much of that does it truly feel like JC? I couldn't tell you that it was John Carpenter doing it. And then, as you said on the last episode, he directed it via Zoom or something. Yeah. Which is, it's just, it's, it's not good. I would say give it, give it a watch to get a, get an idea. And some episodes that I've seen are better than others, but as a whole, it feels cheap, like Peacock cheap. <laughs> and then, uh, you might, I, I, I told you this in a text, this show would be amazing watching with a group of friends. Uh. Cause I think you would be laughing your freaking butt off. <laughs> And I and I that's the biggest recommendation I can think of. Maybe it's fun in a group setting, but it's a it's a big hate yeah, for me. That's I was I was worried about that, but I have a feeling that I'll be right there along with you once I start it. Which I will I will watch at least one episode, but I'm worried. I'm I'm so I'm so nervous, so nervous to watch it. Now, Goosebumps on Disney Plus. Have you watched that? No, I haven't, but I've been reading so many amazing things about it. Ooh, it's okay. It's, I would say, light loves for me um, because, one, the biggest gripe I have is the story itself feels predictable, like where it's headed and what it's been doing so far. But I do like, it's like a ma- it's like one, um, how do I say this? Like, uh, there's this, it's not an anthology episode by episode thing. 
each episode is like based on a book, but then there is a story that goes through the season. Okay. I actually think that's kind of a clever idea. And I'll say episode six, which is the last one. I think that's the best one so far. Okay. And it's enough for me to keep watching. I will start that as well. And what I've read makes me even more interested. And hearing that, I'm like, okay, that's that's in line with what I've read. And I was a huge fan of this book. So seeing some of this stuff done is is fun. Uh, one thing I mentioned, I think, on the October picks is Loki season two. Yeah. Have you started that <laughs> yet? No, that's another show that I have I haven't. But again, I've heard good things. Yeah, this season I like so far. You get on the internet, it's very it seems divisive in a lot of different ways. I'm enjoying uh this season a lot, and it actually got me to go back and rewatch season one. I cranked through that in like two days. It's like this is I just love this character. Uh so season two, that's a loves for me so far. Episode three is the one um that brings back Jonathan Majors, and I quite enjoyed what he did with the character that he's playing. It's very different, and I've read a lot of things of people really not into how he um, plays the character, which is, I guess you could argue he's really hamming it up, but in a kind of a bizarre way. There's a lot Mm. of choices made is the simplest way I can say it. I was on board with it, and I think it shows how good Jonathan Majors is. Who knows what his future in the uh, MCU yeah. is, because I just read more stuff today where I'm like, this guy is not going to be around much longer if any of this is true. Uh, now, one thing I haven't seen, we did three things I've seen that you haven't seen, but I'm assuming, did you finish the um, Fall of the House of Usher? No, I have not finished it, but I started it on Friday the 13th. And I will say I loved starting that on Friday the 13th. It, without giving too much away, you, in the very beginning, the first episode, you are given the setup. And I was floored by the decision they made. But it's also an interesting call that plays so much into the title of the show, or the miniseries, I should say. Once again, you've got Flanagan's usual suspects, including his wife, Kate Siegel, who is just phenomenal. Like I was going to ask you, do you like her or not? A lot of people get, a lot of people on the old internet get butt hurt because she's in everything he does. Just they, and I'm like, guys, this happens all the time. Why is this just now a complaint? All the time. It's that's something like look at, for example, Marty Scorsese has worked with De Niro ten times, Leo six. I think it's because it's his wife. Yeah, and this is like a Sherry Moon Zombie thing. Only I think she's talented, and right. Sherry Moon Zombie not as much. But that's the thing, though. I don't mind that. Every the one thing too is just like coworkers. Like say you've got a business. I don't know whether it's a small business, a medium sized business, a large business. You go in every single day and you work with those people. Same way with actors, filmmakers, film crew, whatever. You've got those that you trust and you know that they can deliver a certain performance. They can end up shooting um, a certain thing. I mean, you could say that same thing about how husbands and wives work together, like Jason Blum and his wife work together and they're producers and she ended up writing Dumb Money, I believe, recently. So even though they didn't work on that, the point is they work together in that sense. Look at Zack Snyder and his wife. They worked, you know, the list goes on and on. Point is, it's annoying when you hear this because it's like, I could understand, like, say, if they're using nepotism to elevate someone who is bad and they're just literally shooing them in and they're not bringing anything. Whereas, like, Kate for Mike Flanagan is like constantly blowing my mind about how amazing she is of an actress. And it's like, if you're not skilled or talented, you're, we're going to be able to read through that. So this is yet again, another thing that she delivers. I think she's phenomenal. She's great. I love seeing her. I'm on the opposite end of wanting to see more of her and more Mike Flanagan. I love Mike Flanagan. I think this is yet again, I was worried going into this. I was worried that he could be losing his touch based on some of the things that some of the early reviews, but watching this, uh, reading about what others are saying, I'm glad to see that it's doing well critically as far as like reception. It's not doing quite like it's not getting quite the views that some of his other 
projects have. But this is great. It's really good. Bruce Greenwood kills it. And um, I will have to say Mark Hamill delivers a role going into it. I was probably the most skeptical of Mark Hamill. Very surprised with what he does in this. And that's all I'll say. How far are you into it? Uh, right now, I am halfway through. And this comes after talking to a co-worker who I watched one episode on Friday the 13th. I'm like, ooh, this is good. But here's the kicker. I watch it on my laptop. Again, not giving anything away. But there are things in the background that I did not pick up on. Um, they're very subliminal, very minor. And then I ended up blazing through um, the other half of the episodes. So now it's one of those that I've been trying to treat myself, savor it and do like one episode a night. Like after this, I'm, I'm going to end up doing that. And honestly, I'm so tempted to go and rewatch midnight mass after this. Mm, I was gonna say this can, uh, this has got uh, big shoes to fill. Cause I don't know if it can be as good as midnight mass. I will say midnight mass is still again, without finishing this midnight mass is still above this, but I will say this is, um, something that I have thoroughly enjoyed. Um, this feels like a mm, thriller of Knives Out. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, it is, it's great. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so it gets a loves from me, a very solid loves. I will probably start it when October wraps up. And I'm not devoting every night of my life to a scary movie. Because it's just, you know, I don't have a lot of time in that. I do like to watch scary movies, mm -hmm. and I don't want to have regrets when November starts. Um, this is too, it feels, it, it is very spooky. He does, Flanagan does a lot of stuff that it plays into that spooky season. But I totally know what you mean by watching horror movies. Because I, I paused after the first episode, almost did Suburban Screams. And then I'm like, nah, I'm going. I'm going to end up picking up, because um, I was in a Marty mood. But I ended up watching Shutter Island. That's a good one. That's a good. Um, I wouldn't say thriller. it's a horror film, but it is. It's a it's a good thriller. It's thriller, but then at the end it dives deeper into down that uh, horror rabbit hole, which was interesting. Marty, I was watching an interview with him on G on GQ and uh, him and T Timothy Chalamet were talking. He mentioned that he could never make a movie like Shutter Island today because of how in-depth and wacky that gets in terms of going down this uh, path of how the narrative is never really solid, that you're always thinking, wait, so what does this mean? How is this supposed to be acted? How do we shoot that? How do we literally get all of what we're trying to portray on the page on the screen and he's like that's a young man's game a young man's game i don't i can't do that now i could not huh. do that film now i'm like interesting and that wasn't even that long ago i guess it actually yeah. was it feels like it was in the lot within the last decade but that's when did that come out 2010 oh man i think uh maybe even uh longer ago because that was a film that um at first, I didn't watch it, and then um, I kept hearing really bad. Yeah, you're right, 2010. 2010. Wow. But that's something, nonetheless, that um, a great movie, but I know it's a thriller, but I'm like, I, I, I want to do Marty and something spooky. I don't want to do Cape Fear. Or I was going to say, I would have I done Cape Fear. Oof. I love that one. It's good. I love the setting. I love everything about that. I know it's not like top tier Marty, but... I mean, my, I, uh, yeah. I may have to do that tonight. <laughs> Ooh. Now, talking about Marty, I there's no point really in probably having this conversation because I know it's loves, but Flowers of the Killer Moon, Ooh. you got to go see that, and you're talking about seeing it again. I haven't seen it, and I that's probably sadly going to have to be one that I have to wait till it's on Apple TV+. Plus. But you loved it. Yes, I love and I love so much that it's funny. I was talking to my family about it, my mom and dad, and we've got, you know, a family chat. And uh, the day of the day before and the day of I was ta talking about it. And my sister was asking a lot of questions. And so I was going into detail. And then through that, then after I called and talked to my mom, actually, I, 
no joke after the movie ended and it was one of those that as soon as it ended i'm like i love it but i gotta think about it and i spent 30 minutes walking digesting what i just witnessed and especially i will say without giving anything away um i i was thinking about that the ending because the ending does something that just totally caught me off guard but it's such a marty thing and um so i was letting that soak in and then afterwards i call and talk to my mother and so then she's like i want to see this let's go see it she's like will you see it again I'm like, yeah let's do it so after that i talked my uh my parents into uh, watching this and so i ended up getting no joke right before recording i was getting everything set up and i just bought tickets to go see Ooh, it boy. <laughs> so yes i do love um i think it's one of those that it's such a great historical piece done by marty that now it's so hard to imagine this movie looking any other way because one thing i did not know that this movie was reworked two years into it and i um, i hesitate to say too much do you know much about that or not um i know certain things about leo shifting the focus more on the couple and then yeah I know he was supposed to play, I think, Jesse Plemons' character. Yes. And then swapped. Yeah. And that's so that, really about it. Okay, so that's the big thing where Leo was like, hey, you know, like, where's the heart in this? I'm feeling like this is just like another cop procedural, like something where it's more about the FBI. But, you know, uh, that's not the heart of that. So Marty's like, you're right. The heart lies within Ernest and, and Molly, who are the... The, it's the couple and that's uh, Ernest is played by um, Leo's character very fascinating case study but more than that is like there are so many things that others have said this and I totally agree it feels like a documentary at times where it's done in such a way that I literally got lost for like one hour it just evaporated it was gone and it was just like I disappeared in this story and then beyond that it's longer than Oppenheimer, but it felt shorter to me because it truly felt like every single minute was utilized the best. And I was I would go as far as to say that is with the 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 dialogue, Marty does something in this movie that made me think so much about this, where the scariest moments happen and the quietest moments in life where it is something occurs and you're like it's after the fact you're like oh my gosh did that just happen did this just did they just say this that's the scare and that just made me i had to think about that because i'm like that's so reminiscent of life where like something happens and it's it, i feel like the big loud moments are what has been leading up to that but it's the quiet moments that are the precursor that occur and it's like that's the true horror and so anyways i digress this is an amazing movie i am curious because i've heard some backlash against marty making this movie even though he had the blessing of the osage nation and he um, worked very closely with the osage nation i have read a few criticisms after the fact but um that i think will end up i think he did something with starting this conversation because it's just, this story is just unbelievable. And the acting, the way it's shot, um, I would go as far as to say it's another Marty masterpiece. I'm going into this pretty blind, and I'm going to stay that way. I did too. And I went and I try to avoid everything, and that's why I want to see it as, as soon as I could. Um, There's some time that went by, but nonetheless, I was nervous that someone would like give something away. But yeah, it just... Man, I mean, when is this on so, Apple TV Plus? Is it Christmas? Uh, yeah, I bet. I I don't know if it's been announced. Let me see if I can find that real quick because I don't think there's an official time. Yeah, especially. I mean, I know it's five hours and basically five, or I'm sorry, five hours, like, three and a half work. hours. What am I saying? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's basically four hours in the theater with with uh, previews. That's what I kept saying. Weirdly enough, I haven't been able to see his last three in theaters. The The Irishman and then Silence I didn't see in theaters. But 
before that, I had a pretty good stretch from 2002 to 2013 of seeing every Marty film in theaters. Well, I'm excited for that. I, I'm not surprised at all that it's a loves. Yeah. And so you got tickets for that, and then you you got tickets for David Fincher's The Killer. The Killer, baby. Um, my plan is, my hope when is When the to, heck is that? We're not even getting that, which is just asinine to me. Get ready. Actually, let me pull it up, and I will tell you to the recording when I will be seeing that, because now we are getting, we're, we're within like 30 hours. Um, oh my gosh. That actually makes me mad. It's no joke. It's got to be, it's got to be playing somewhere nearby. I have to figure you this have out. To, you got to see that, man. And it's it's relatively tight on the runtime, I believe. It's two days, zero hours, twenty seven minutes, twenty seconds. Just forty eight hours out now. Now tell me, have you listened to the new Blink one eighty two album? This was on my most anticipated list for October. It was my numero two pick. Came out a couple days ago, three days ago. And I have listened to this thing so many times. <laughs> I have listened to most of it, not all of it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I ended up uh, putting it on. Um, I was cycling through, and it was funny. I put on some Green Day Blink, and I was going back and forth because, you know, they just put out a new tune. Yeah, not good. I don't like it. It's Oof. okay. I, I I texted someone today, our friend and listener. <laughs> uh, now, I, now she's getting paid when I bring her name up, but... <laughs> Uh, Jesse, and I said, I listened to it once, and I immediately just like moved on to the next thing. Like that was enough for me. I don't have I. Ooh. They're okay. They're they haven't really amazed me in in quite a while, and this one didn't do much to knock my socks off. Yeah, as the kids say. <laughs> um, before we get to blink, I have two questions. Uh, backtracking, and I hate to do this. The fall of the house of Usher. Bruce Greenwood. Does he take his shirt off yet? Is Not he, uh, yet. Ooh, what's he doing? Why do they? If he doesn't, we're gonna send a complaint to Flanagan. Yeah, that's uh, that's enraging. I know. I that I've, man should I, have his shirt off. I feel like that should have been in a in a contract. Oh, absolutely, everything he does. And then I do have a flowers question. Um, does it play any? Does it what? Does it play any stones? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't. It, you cut out for a second. Um, man, I will say, do you want to know for sure? I mean, is it even a possibility? I, so he doesn't. <laughs> okay. But I was like, what? There, there, there is. Uh, he does something with the soundtrack that I love, and that's another thing that adds to it. Um, I listened to Marty talk about the sound for the movie and how he ended up getting, he, he's like, I love, he, I think it was on Kimmel. He was talking about this. He's like, I just love the sound of the guitar. Like, you know, that's something that I've always been like a huge fan of and uh, how I've worked in Stones and this and that uh, to his other music. There's something within the music itself, the soundtrack that borrows heavily from that Stone sound, but it's mixed with, certain drums and it ju it's just so good it just the sound is awesome and i love it but he did something where um instead of laying the music down later there a lot of that was made kind of in tandem with the editing and process of the film during that but then also getting some of that music beforehand um and kind of that shaped a lot of the flow of the film so it's so good that sound is so good so no stones but it has reminiscent sounds of the Stones. I haven't listened to much of the new Stones, but I did do like the first three or four tracks, mm -hmm. and it was okay. Yeah, it's okay. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. But it wasn't terrible. Like I expected something maybe a little worse for some reason. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it came out the same day as the new Blink-182, which... It did. Everything else in my life was basically shut down. I, I mean, I even told <laughs> uh, my wife, Lex, I was like, this is like Blink-182 day. Uh, I need you to respect that. While I'm at work, because that's all I'm going to be doing is listening to that album. <laughs> I even left 
and showed up early because I wanted to listen to it in peace. I like this album a lot. I'll say I hit play with a little hesitation because I'm like, ah, man, this could be, you know, they're back. This could be nostalgia overload. Maybe they're not in it for the right reasons or it's just not as good. So I did hit play with hesitation in my heart, but I would say within a minute or two, I'm like, oh, this is going to, this is going to be fine. And this isn't a, a perfect album. I think Friday when it came out, I listened to it. It was probably the second or third full listen. And, you know, you have that excitement listening to it. And I kind of convinced myself like, oh, this is their best album. Yeah. And with, you know, three days passing by, um, it's not their best in my opinion, but I think it has some of their best songs. And I love that Tom's back. I think he brings so much to this band. There's, um, listen, I don't listen to Blink necessarily for the greatest lyrics, but there are some like super cringy <laughs> lyrics on here in terms of just a lot of singing about, um, you know, where did the time go? Getting older. What does that mean? Like stuff like that where you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. And it feels like it's almost too much. And some of it's super cliched. And that's where I'm like, musically, I like this a whole lot. Lyrically, it's a mixed bag. It's mm. 17 tracks, but it's 44 minutes. There's like two jokey tracks. There's like one punk track that's like 37 seconds that was like, I don't know if Tim Armstrong of it rancid wrote it or his involvement in it. There's some involvement in it. And it's like, you know, just like this punk track, which I respect, but it's like one of my least favorite. I think you mm. could probably trim like four things off of there and this would be really solid like 12, 13 tracks. But overall, man, mm. it hit all the right notes for me as corny and cliched as that sounds. Like it just, it feels good to have like my friends back. I love, as a whole, I love this thing a lot, critiques aside. So that was nice. That was pleasant to hear, like listen to that and be like, oh no, it feels like this is the most unified the band has felt in a long time. Yeah. So a lot of really good, a lot of really great tracks. And um, this weekend, we are a couple of days away from uh, the Gaslight Anthem with their new album. And I know people have been getting their vinyls early and listening to it. And I, I've read a lot of really good things. Like people like, no, this is, like, don't be worried. This this is a great Gaslight Anthem album. That's awesome. So that makes me feel good. And then Brian actually writes really great lyrics. So I, I think my expectations and that them, um, you know, this was my number one pick for October and, and of, of the year 2023. So the bar is super high, but I, I think that's going to live up to it. We're, we're, we'll find out in a couple days. Ooh. Um, so I'm excited for that. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm especially excited to hear if that ends up topping your blink pick. I It's got to. It's got to. As great as the blink stuff is, I just think Gaslight is like a more talented band in terms, you know, lyrically, I just think it's it'll be better. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And then we got Five Nights at Freddy's coming out in a couple days. Oh, yeah. Which I'm... Um, getting more excited for as we inch closer day and date streaming and then um yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do my wife wants to see it and you know she can't go to the movies with me because we have a baby so i might watch that at home even though i'd rather go to the theater yeah do you know is that is that gonna be on peacock thursday night yeah. It, oh, Thursday. I, I that's a good question. I think did that with Halloween. I think it was Friday. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I, I felt like they did that with something, and I can't remember what, but like they released it early. But I, I think you're right about Halloween, that it came out on that Friday. So no reviews yet for that. And from what I hear... 
the reviews won't drop until like maybe an hour before. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a horrible sign. Yeah. It's not That's good. not good at all. Yeah. Well, let's um do the Rotten Tomatoes game. We're gonna guess, and this is probably two or three weeks early, because I think it comes out November 10th. But mm-hmm. we're gonna guess the Marvels. I have a feeling they're gonna screen Ooh. this pretty soon and we're gonna hear buzz. Yeah. So I was like, well, why don't we just do it early? Um, the first one I checked on the old uh, mighty almighty Rotten Tomatoes, seventy nine percent from critics, five hundred and fifty three <laughs> reviews. Goodness gracious! Wow. Now, I don't usually the audience score on here is just always so stupid because you have trolls. Yeah. But it's at forty five percent. Is that trolls? Do you think for the most part, just like mad at Brie Larson because? It's got to be. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie um, whenever it first came out. Um, I felt like they were kind of riding themselves in a corner with the just a lot of things that they did. Uh, and overall, I, I would just say, to me, that's not quite low-tier MCU, but like bottom of mid-tier. Yeah, it's mid to low for me. And I actually like it better, having rewatched it quite a few times. Um. I mean, she Brie Larson says things though, and she wonders why people get. Oh shoot! I just lost my microphone. Oh jeez. <laughs> uh, I can still hear you. Really? Yeah. Well, right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I unplugged it on accident. Anyway, no. she'll she said things in the past that get people riled up, and <laughs> so the forty five percent thing makes sense to some degree because you're just gonna have haters. Actually, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm I don't say I'm hyped. I'm excited for this new one. I'm getting more excited. Yeah, I'm not expecting much. It's like an hour forty minutes, which is tight. If you're getting rid of the credits, this is like an hour and a half movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna complain about that. And maybe this is an MCU movie that doesn't have a lot of world building or story building. It's just a self-contained story, and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. And I, I do like that the women get a, sh- a time to shine. I think that's cool, especially having a daughter now. Like, I think it's dope that they have somebody that they can look up to. So I think that aspect's cool. This movie might not be made for me. Yeah. And if I don't like it, I'm like, oh, you know, it wasn't necessarily made for me, and that's okay. I've come to realize that's all right, and I'm okay with that. But I do think it looks cool, and I'm still invested in the mcu even though it is so hit or miss at this point yeah yeah so 79 percent for the og mm. oh man I'm trying to think here my my gut says uh i'll go with my gut i'm gonna say you ready you want to guess now i'm yeah i'm locked and loaded you're, you're locked and loaded my my heart tells me 63%. 63%. So are you going with that for sure? Yeah, it's light it's going to be light and fluffy and entertaining but not like groundbreaking for Marvel. I mean, I can't one thing I can't stand is We've already heard the directors like this is like unlike anything you've seen before. <laughs> oh yeah. And we can't go one movie, one Marvel movie without someone saying that. Yeah. Which drives me drives me crazy because you watch it and you're like, "No, we've seen this 95,000 times." Yeah, that's yeah. I I I do expect it to be fun, to be light. I do expect a lot of the trolls um to be i can't say trolls a lot of the critics feeling that the like waning of marvel um although i feel the same as you where i am still in it um i'm still excited to see what they'll come up with and i do think that this looks like a lot of fun i um i would say honestly going into this i am probably more excited than when the first film captain marvel came out um, but hearing your 63, it's funny. Originally, my instinct was like, go low 60s. And I'm like, I'm going to bump it up. 
and especially hearing um like I was basing off of that I hadn't looked at the score for Captain Marvel but hearing you read that I'm feeling good about it I did move mine up because I too had picked 63 for real I did um I, I wrote it down and but I I had, that was my original thought but I'm changing I had changed it um and it's 66 percent I think if I, you just went up one percent you're gonna get it See, that's, I think I be, thought about it's higher up on that. There's not. I mean, I would be shocked if this is below sixty three. Yeah, me too. And that's where um, I think it, it's just got to be pretty bad. But if that's the case, I. But at the same time, uh, after hearing your score, I'm like, I think I might do that. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm gonna keep it because I bumped it up, and I do feel like it will be. Um, it will be higher. It's hard for me to imagine that it's going to get like Ant-Man uh, scores, which that was 46. Whew. I mean, we've got a 15, based on your score, well, no, that's, uh, what is that, 17% difference? Um, I just can't imagine that will be the case. I mean, that um, I, I wasn't big on that movie the one time I've seen it, but that almost seems too low, you know, for that. Yeah. 46? And then 47 for The Eternals. That's wrong. I I stand. I still stand by that movie. That doesn't need to be universally praised, but I think that was a little. I'm shocked that that one was so so on. low. Yeah, um, that was the first Kevin one Feige too. We surprised. were we were truly shocked when that hit, and that was like dropping, dropping, and then hit rotten tomato, <laughs> rotten tomatoes, rotten status. Like that was unheard of at the time, and now it's yeah. more common. And again. Yeah. As up and down as the MCU is at this point, you I watch something like Loki, and I'm like, I love this. This is why I love the MCU, and it, I'm right back on board. I do I do think that they are going to come back. Uh, I think this will end up coming back a little bit more um, with what we're known, what we know from the MCU, with a little higher of a score, but also that uh, enjoyment. I think it's going to be like you said, kind of that one off. Um, some fun, more enjoyable. Unless you end up having those that are simply hating, like oh, I can't believe that it's a Marvel movie that's focusing on three women. Three or women, like that. yes. And I've read that online. People don't like it, or <laughs> they they get mad that there's cats in the trailer. They're like, "Who is this? This made for kids?" I'm like, "Yeah, not every one of these movies needs to be made specifically for you." And I love the kitties too. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a picture of the cat right now, and I think it's beautiful. <laughs> and I can't wait to see him on the big screen. Is it the flurkin? It's the little, um, what was his name, Goose or whatever? I don't even know what the yeah. cat's name is, but we're really pretty kitty. I'm excited for that. Now, people want to complain about Flanagan using his wife and all his stuff. It's uh, We've heard this since we've been interested in film. It's all about who you know. The villain yeah. of this movie is literally Tom Hiddleston's, like, girlfriend or fiance or i don't think they're (laughs) married like you think she just didn't have a connection through tom hiddleston this is hollywood you cannot be complaining about every little advantage people have when they have family in the business right this is not anything new it drives me crazy when i read that crap (laughs) not to bring that up again but i'm looking at the cast list and i go oh that's Tom Hiddleston's significant other. So don't tell me that didn't factor into her getting this role. She might be amazing and right. she might have earned it, but Tom is a big figure in the Marvel Cinematic oh, yeah. Universe, and that helps out quite a bit. That is my rant of the day. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's so it's frustrating. It's so stupid. It is. And honestly, at the end of the day, if it makes you that mad, just don't watch it. Yeah. If having her in a Flanagan project, he's not going to stop unless she just can't do it. He's not Flanagan's not going to not have his wife in there if she fits in the project. Yeah, exactly. So just he's, shut up and watch and she's good. It drives so me good, yeah. the internet is just I can't stand the internet. It drives me insane. It's the complaints that are just not valid. Trolls will take your heart. And I and guarantee you it. 95% of the people watching these shows don't care. It's True, yeah. the f- small 5% on Twitter 
that are I, I'm not. And they're not we, watching it in the first place. Those that are complaining probably aren't watching it. I just the Sherry Moon zombie thing. Maybe you can argue because she is. Uh, <laughs> I would say up or down if she's good. As, as a whole, I'm not a huge fan. I find yeah, sure. I can find that frustrating. Of he's using his wife, which is great. They have this connection, but I don't think she's that great. Yeah. So I can complain about that a little bit, but the other stuff, I don't even want to complain about Sherry Moon Zombie, honestly, because <laughs> she's working, they work well together, apparently, and they like working together. So yeah. anyway, I'm off that. <laughs> I don't know if I should delete all that or not. It's just <laughs> stupid complaints. I, I say keep it. It's uh, us lashing back, although it's like, whatever. It is just, like you said, stupid complaints. It's just like, whatever. I just don't think it's the people complaining about this. Do I, it happens more than, you know, you have to know that like all of these people are getting into the business. Not all these people, but a lot of these people in these big roles, they probably know someone that's helping with the big breaks that they're getting. And that's just like how it works. Yeah. And you have to understand that. And they're, so to be complaining about it is just insane to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> That's I would the imagine QC soapbox because I completely God, my, agree. Put my head in my hands. I just can't stand it. <laughs> um. I would guess we're going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's next. Heck yeah. And then I will do a. I, I will say if I liked Gaslight Anthem though, I would be shocked if I don't like it. And I know we don't talk about music a lot, but I feel like we have to, I have to say if it lived up to the expectations. Because Blink did set a bar of this met my expectations and maybe even topped it in some ways. Mm -hmm. And so this album does have a lot to live up to, but I assume I'll mention that. And then we might, because, I mean, we're going to be recording around Halloween. We got one, let's do one more October, wrap this up wrap this month up right yeah and it'll be coming out just in time for the ultimate spooky day of the year Mm. all right well that's all i got that's a lot but it's enough for us to go out on saying until next time keep watching